Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm very excited to introduce an individual to you today. I'm going to go ahead and guess that you've seen his work around social media uh, over the last couple years, because I certainly did. These pizzas just pop up all over the place. They look amazing. I can taste, I've tasted them, and I can now confirm that they are amazing. But you may have seen his work. You might not know the man behind it yet. This is Matt Frampton of Urban Slicer Pizza. Matt, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. Good to see you, as always. Yes. I don't, so I want a, a quick kind of personal story to kind of introduce you and I think what sums you up perfectly is like I said I started seeing your pizzas and stuff on Instagram a couple of years ago even and I started following you and I was like who is this guy I want these pizzas like can I buy these is this a restaurant like what's going on and you were just a guy you were doing like pizza classes and stuff like that and then we started interacting over social media and you even you know said something about like oh I'd love to have you and your wife out and we can cook pizzas up sometimes. So I mentioned that to Sarah and I started, you know, I would just tell her, oh, this guy, this Matt Frampton guy, like he's, you got to see this, you know, this picture he just put on Instagram. And every time she'd be like, well, who's Matt Frampton? Because she doesn't know you. And I was like, oh, he's a pizza guy. And eventually I just start, stopped saying Matt Frampton. I was just like, oh, it's a pizza guy. You got to see what the pizza guy posted. So you are the pizza guy in my household and really just, I think the pizza guy in Omaha can you just kind of tell me what turned you on to pizza so much and what makes you such a big fan of it? Uh, it's an interesting, interesting story. I have been a competition barbecue cook for mm-hmm. about 15 years. This, this would be our exciting 15th year of doing it uh, with the pandemic and everything going on. We haven't competed as much as we'd like to. But uh, one of those seasons, we ended up on the Barbecue Pitmasters TV show, and that led to some sponsorships. And one of them was from a company called Kettle Pizza mm-hmm. out of Massachusetts. And I got one of their prototypes. It's an insert that goes between the base and the lid of a Weber Kettle 22. And it was in that moment, it was actually a New Year's Eve. And I had my brother and sister-in-law over, and we made pizzas that night. And I fell in love with making pizza on the grill. And just kind of grew from there. And uh, like you said, I'd run into people you know, on Facebook. It's like you, uh, when you see people that you haven't seen in a really long time, but you, you're kind of keeping in touch just uh-huh. via that social media, they would say, hey, it's the pizza guy. You know, uh-huh, maybe yeah. not even remember my name from high school. So yeah, it's been a familiar uh, kind of story that I've, that I've had uh, over the years. And have an awesome time cooking it. Love cooking it. Love taking pictures of it. And mm-hmm. I'm glad you've enjoyed it. Yes, and I think other people should enjoy it. And this is where I'm going to give the plug for your Instagram. People, just pause the episode right now. Go follow Pitmaster Matt Frampton. That's the name. On Twitter, it's Barbecue BBQ Revolution. Or you can follow on either Instagram or Twitter at Urban Slicer. And that's where we're going to go next. I just want to lay out the red carpet for you. Tell us what Urban Slicer is and why it's so awesome. Well, about uh, three, four years ago, I started working on a recipe, a a formula really that I could put in a package and be really proud of. Mm -hmm. And it's taken a long time to get there, but it's a, it's not intended to replace some of the amazing, you know, people that make their own pizza at home by from scratch and mix it up, but it rivals that. And it's a pantry product that has a long shelf life and I'm finding myself using it more and more, but what I have is three different flavors. I've got a Neapolitan 
dough mix. I've got an outdoor grilling dough mix and a Detroit deep dish mix. And all three of them are just add water. Super simple. My uh, recipe out on bbqrevolution.com is like a three or four day mm-hmm. process to make this amazing pizza dough. And people have followed that for a really long time. But I wanted something that was simple, same day. And, uh, you know, people could really embrace as an easy to use but professional quality pizza dough. And I, I do think we've achieved that. The feedback has been overwhelmingly positive. And uh, we've sold a lot of it so far. But I like it that the, the taste, the quality, and the simplicity all at the right time. A lot of people cooking at home right now has been an interesting mix and a, and a pretty cool thing to be a part of. Yeah, it's almost kind of had good timing. And you mentioned the taste, the simplicity, all that. I can attest to all, to all those things. You you cooked up several of these pizzas uh, for me and a buddy, Ryan Cooper, who was actually on this podcast a couple weeks ago, yeah. a couple weeks back, and fantastic. Several different varieties. We tried the deep dish. We tried the Neapolitan. Everything came out fantastic. I just, I'm so curious, because you're obviously someone who who tinkered, you know, with dough recipes for years. You mentioned, you know, recipes that take three to four days to come together. What was kind of the impetus between you saying, I want to move from just doing pizza classes, having barbecuerevolution.com, but I want to actually make a product that can be sold in stores that people can purchase? Well, the, the light bulb moment for me was when I started going around to different stores and seeing the fact that there wasn't one. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, okay, well, there must be a really good reason for that. And um, I didn't really find one other than maybe some hurdles that had to be gotten over from a scientific standpoint. So that's really where we trialed and errored a lot of different uh, variations of the mix and ended up where we were. I, uh, I I wanted to have a product out there, something different. Uh, being in the barbecue space, it's overwhelmingly rubs and sauces are everywhere. Uh, going to hy V, you can watch the barbecue aisle. It went from a small section to half the aisle, and now it's like a whole aisle. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and I kind of saw the pizza section growing, um, and I... I think that that will be the next thing to kind of grow into maybe a half aisle or a full aisle at some point. So I wanted to be one of the first out to market with it. A lot of the pizza dough mixes out there now have what's called self-rising flour in them, so they don't have yeast. Mm -hmm. And mine is one of the first with yeast in it. It's the first that's just add water that doesn't have the yeast separated in a different packet. And, you know, we're going to add a sauce to that pretty soon. And I've got a seasoning coming coming as well. Mm-hmm. And just want to help and be part of that, I think, large growing space for the home and backyard pizza cook. So pizza is obviously something that you're super passionate about. And whatever product you wanted to put out in the end had to be perfect, I'm assuming. What was that process like just over, you mentioned, three to four years of trial and error and going through the different science and everything? I mean, that's it's a trying time, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. It was um, – my so you have to – I had to strike a balance between having the quality that I wanted and then also making it economically possible to mm-hmm. be a business. And my first – run was kind of my blue sky, Italian imported flowers, all of this stuff that was really hard to procure and pricey, put it in a bag, tested it out, loved it. 
and then got the quotes to have it produced and went, okay, well, this isn't a good business model. <laughs> yeah. And so I had to find some ways to work with, you know, different products within the United States that were easier to get, could get some bulk, less shippings involved in that, in that regard. And also proud to be all U.S. made. So that's, you know, a good thing as well. So it was really the, the, the balance between the quality and the economics. And I just love the fact that in the end, the quality didn't really have to be sacrificed at all. And we found a way to put it in people's pantry at a price that I think is pretty reasonable. And, um, you know, it just took a minute to get there, and but we got there. Was there ever a point where you just like almost wanted to pull your hair out and you're just like, man, what am I doing? Like, is this ever <laughs> going to get to the finish line? There was multiple times where that happened. A lot of it was when we were coming up with the packaging. We found uh, all kinds of roadblocks along the way. In, in getting that done, getting it shipped over. Then the pandemic hit. At first, it was demoralizing because it made it hard for us to do the things we wanted to do quickly. Mm-hmm. But then you know, I'm kind of a silver lining, glass half full kind of guy. I realized I'm not going to be competing as much. My classes were getting postponed or canceled. So I have all this free time on my hands. And then it just made it really easy to, to focus, buckle down, and push this thing over the hump to get it out. And now that it's over the hump, we are seeing great success from Urban Slicer. Uh, On July 16th, you sent out a a post on Instagram and on Twitter that you guys had actually sold out of two of the types of the dough, the Neapolitan and the outdoor grilling, in just six weeks. Did you expect anywhere near this type of response, especially early on? No. uh, I had high hopes for a good initial push because I have a pretty decent uh, and loyal and and loving group of people that follow on social media. So I thought, okay, maybe out of the gate, there'll be a pretty good amount that's ordered. But we made a lot of product to start with and enough that we thought would might, that would maybe get us into September or October. Mm-hmm. So no, six weeks was never <laughs> one of the things that we thought was possible. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for it. It's in the, in the short term, it, it's not what I wanted. I certainly would love to have it, around, you know, for sale still right now. And uh, but in the long run, it's a it's a cool story. It shows that people are adopting the product and liking the product, and uh, I think it's a good sign for the future for the company. Well, I think it goes back to what you said earlier, and that there just isn't really a product like this out there, or there are you know kind of big brand facsimiles that aren't really as high of quality, maybe. But the demand is there. People want to make high quality pizza at home. Mm-hmm. They just don't know how. And they don't want to put in, you know, three to four days of effort. I mean, some people do, but that that is a lot of time and energy. So giving them that streamlined process where it's literally just add water, mix the dough, put your toppings on and cook it. That's so simple. Like the business model seems incredibly like simple. Like why did no one think of it sooner? But maybe that's exactly why it's been so successful. It, it could be. Um, and another thing that I will never sacrifice on is my help. Yeah. So I think that is a big part of our business model is I have instructional videos out on the website. I'll continue to put out more of that content, recipes. And as, as long as I can, I respond personally to every email and inquiry that comes into the company. And I intend to do that for the long haul. It just may start taking me a little longer to get back to people. Yeah. Right now, I can usually get back to everyone within a day or two. 
I don't want to lose that touch. I don't want to just be a product on the shelf. I want to be a service. So when you buy our product and you need help using it, we're going to be here to help you or we'll have resources on our website that get you through that because the whole goal is to make it simple. You know, it's, it's to take that fear away of making restaurant quality pizza at home and letting people feel comfortable with the fact that they can actually do it themselves and, and it doesn't take, uh, you know, special schooling or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we can fast track you and get you there if you use the right, uh, the right ingredients and the right process. You don't have to know how to twirl the pizza in the right, air. Yeah. You don't have to have the big fancy oven or yeah. anything. Like, you can do that stuff if you want to. Totally. If you have those skills or, or that equipment at your disposal, that's fantastic. And that, actually, that's something that I wanted to, to ask you about is, when I came over to your house, I mean, you've got just a killer setup outside. You've got like these fancy pizza ovens and you've got, you know, all this great equipment, but people can just make these in a normal oven, you know, on a gas grill, on a charcoal grill. It's pretty simple, right? Yeah. You can do it in a standard oven. You can do it on your, just like you said, your charcoal grill, your gas grill in a smoker or a legit wood fired pizza oven. And it doesn't really, I mean, you get the same results. You're cooking at different temperatures, so the length of cooking time may vary a little bit, but the same result is what you get. I actually have a a good friend who won the World Pizza Championship in 2014. He's got a pizzeria in Ohio, Mm -hmm. and he's been running our Neapolitan dough in his oven at 525 degrees and getting awesome results. Nice. Uh, so much so to the point where I think he's going to start offering a package of that to go with his uh, to-go pizza kits instead of a already-made dough ball. Wow. And people can save the sauce, pepperoni, and cheese, you know, for a couple of days instead of having to cook it right away. That's amazing. Yeah, so that's that's a cool partnership I'm working on. And someone with that kind of uh, uh, experience and clout behind him that really likes the product and is – He's sharing his experiences of it on social media, which says, I think, a lot about it and certainly Mm -hmm. honored to have him do that for us. What was the most fun part of this whole creation process? I really enjoyed coming up with the name, the branding, and, uh, of course, all the testing. Uh (laughs) We've done a lot of it, you know, 18 months of testing pizzas, hardcore testing pizzas, I get asked all the time. Pizza tester is a good job description. It it, it is a good, yeah, absolutely. And being the chief pizza officer of uh, the pizza testing lab has been pretty cool. Um, But, yeah, I I think just that whole experience, uh, meeting a lot of people on, you know, through the whole pizza community. And I don't know, there's there's a there's a number of things that have been awesome. But, you know, I think the the marketing end of it, the testing part of it, those, those are probably my two favorites. Okay, you loved coming up with the name. How'd you come up with it? So I have two partners, uh, John McCone and Brad Jungles, and they're part of Rufus Teague Barbecue out of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Delicious sauces. It is, yeah. Great sauces, great rubs, and I have loved their business model for years. They've been in the business for 16 years, and I, uh, you know, I didn't want to make, you know, everyone makes mistakes get jumping into a new industry. And uh, so they were really able to help that along. But when we were coming up with the name, we each just kind of submitted all of our ideas. We ended up with a list of like 50 or 60. And then we decided we'd each pick our favorite, I think 10. And there were four that overlapped, if I remember right. And uh, this is the one we decided out of those four. And that was, it's actually been uh, about a year and a half since we picked out the name, even though we just launched this year. 
So I, I couldn't even tell you what the other names were at this point. <laughs> the, is is that the moment where everything just like seemed real? Just like, oh, we have a name on this thing. This is really happening. That that was one of them. And, you know, filing all the paperwork to become an actual business. So Urban Slicer uh, LLC is our business. And, uh-huh. But I think seeing the first packages was was when it really hit me that, hey, this is cool. Like, there's actual nutritional information on the back. And, you know, it, a good-looking package, it might look all right on the shelf. And that, that was the moment, I think, when I was like, all right, we're, we're really doing this. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, you mentioned the recipes, the instructional videos that you have on the website. And it, it, there are a lot of different varieties of pizzas that you have on there to make, and they're pretty creative. You have like a breakfast pizza called the hangover. You have something called the tie roller. You have the famous crack bread. Are you just constantly tinkering and innovating with stuff? Like how are you coming up with all these and constantly adding new ones? I'm, I'm always trying something different. Uh, a friend, two friends of mine and I have done a pizza contest every year in Omaha for the last eight years. And so I am always in my Apple notes writing something down mm-hmm. and then plan on testing it within the next week or two. And it's a lot of it has to do with the the friendly competition with my two buddies to try and come up with something more creative for the next pizza contest. But it, as a result, there's been a good set of recipes that we can put on the website too. Mm-hmm. I have I have a probably two or three hundred others I haven't gotten out there yet, but I will. Holy cow. Just need to get, you know, I'll, Get them written down, get good pictures of the final product, and then I'll put them out there. Uh-huh. Just as an example of that, when when I came over to your place, I think we made five or six different types of pizza that night. We had buffalo chicken. We had pepperoni. We had the hangovers, so that was like the breakfast pizza. Those were all very good. I think my favorite of the night was one that you tried for the first time, and it was like a it was a sweetened – it was a dessert pizza with a sweetened ricotta base – and a balsamic drizzle and some mint leaves and strawberries. Yeah, basil. Basil, basil, not yeah, mint. Yeah. I apologize. Yep. But yep. yeah, I remember as I picked it up the first time, I was like, this is either going to be really good or just super strange. <laughs> and out of all those pizzas, I think that was my favorite of the night, which blew me away. Where are you getting, you say you're making all these notes in your in your phone. Where are you getting the inspiration for all this crazy stuff that just pops into your head? Well, sometimes I see ideas that spark new ideas. I have a lot of, I follow a lot of pizza makers on Instagram and Facebook. So I have, just like they follow me, I follow them. I have a really wide network and I might see something that someone tries and then put my own twist on it. Um, It's hard as a, even as a barbecue guy and as a pizza guy to not over chef it, Mm -hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. sometimes like the other night when you came over and we made that thing, I, I had the same kind of expectations as you and this is either going to be really good or it's going to be really weird and I'm never going to make it again (laughs) I thought it was pretty good too oh yeah I hope you make it again yeah yeah, I need a good name for that one I don't have a name for it or anything yet but uh yeah just uh you know trying different flavors my wife is a really really good cook she gives me a lot of the ideas to start with um there's a pizza on the website actually named the star that's my wife's Mm, name mm mm-hmm uh, that's that's her favorite pizza that we make at home. So it's you know a family effort and uh, just using my network and background in cooking, I guess. How many pizzas do you think you make a week? Ooh. Oh, uh, yeah. So 
I mean, and this is all just, you know, at home in the uh-huh. backyard, right? So not a restaurant or anything, but uh, at, at least 12, some weeks it's 30 or 40. Uh-huh. Yeah. I get asked a lot what we do with it all, and I, you know, it's my neighbors uh, hand it off to them, or I'm hoping someone's coming over that they can take it home with them. I think when you were there, I, I just push it off on people so it doesn't yeah. sit in my fridge and I eat it all the next day. Uh, but yeah, so I have a lot of pizza boxes and we were eating pizza leftovers for the next like two days for every meal, which was perfectly fine that I had no complaints with that at all. And also if there's any real estate that opens up around your house, just let me know Uh, if there's any listings that open. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Um, so I, I'm kind of made a joke at the beginning of this that, you know, you're kind of like the unofficial pizza guy of Omaha, but you're really kind of the official one of the official pizza guys of Omaha now, because you are a certified pizza master or certified pizza maker, excuse me. You went to Tony Gemignani's pizza school in San Francisco. I know that this is a broad question, so you know you could go a lot of different directions with this, but I think the general public, when they just hear the term pizza school, they have zero idea what that means. Right. So what what is pizza school and what was that experience like? Uh, so you, the biggest thing that I walked away with there was the certifications from Sicily, Italy, and America. Um, it was my first experience working in a large kitchen. And, um, so it, I was there for eight days. We worked in the restaurant for five and Tony Gemignani's pizzeria has, he literally serves every kind of pizza. So he's got Chicago deep, Chicago thin, Detroit, Sicilians, grandmas, margarita or Neapolitans, New York style, even serves St. Louis style. Mm -hmm. And then uh, so and then he'll mix and match and come up with some of his own. So he has like every pizza oven you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And so I got a really wide spectrum of experience with all of that. Learned a ton, without a doubt. Also validated a lot of what I've been doing the last decade, which was super cool. I I think more than anything, I wanted to see if I was on to something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I walked away with that knowing that I was at least on the right track and um, and then made some adjustments from there. But, yeah, super cool uh, group of people. It's, it's a small group of people. There's not many classes, and it's usually four to six people per. And there's two in Nebraska that I'm aware of. Um, David Lasoli mm-hmm. from Virtuoso Pizzeria has become a really good friend of mine, uh, simply just through the fact that I went to that school. And uh, so that's been super cool. And I've made lots of other friendships out of that whole experience as well. Lifelong friendships. So outside of like the knowledge and the experience that you gain there, what does like that diploma do for you? Well, if so for me personally, it adds a it adds a level of clout to what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It's I can actually put a crest after my name. That's awesome. Um, you know, saying that I graduated from that school is important, but more importantly, I have people that I can reach out to now when I have questions, um, help spread the word on things. I mean, it's a big uh, extended family. Mm-hmm. Not unlike the barbecue world that I was part of and still am part of. You know, that's a big extended fam- family. The uh, the pizza family is just as tight knit and everyone wants everyone to succeed. And so that, uh, you know, being part of that group is, is really special and important to me. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this a little bit previously off the mics. I think you said 
the majority of the people there are chefs or restaurateurs, people who are in the restaurant industry. You are very much not, and you've made it a point not to be. When you got there, were the other students or even other you know instructors or people there, are they kind of looking at you like, who is this guy and what what is he doing here? Yeah, it was definitely a lot of that. You know, I'm, when I'm you know I, when I'm getting my hands dirty in something, there, uh, the Tony was even jabbing me. He's like, "It's not a brisket, man. You got to be a little more delicate <laughs> with it." But uh, you know, it was you know I, I'm not sure what everyone thought uh, at first. You know, they probably thought I just had money to burn or something because it's not cheap to go down there. But I had a very good purpose and actually saved for a long time to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I think by the end of the class, fit in just fine. But at the beginning, they were kind of looking at me weird, like, what is this guy doing here? <laughs> and now they're seeing Urban Slicer starting to blow up, and it all makes sense. Yep, I'm getting lots of personal messages on Instagram and Facebook with congratulatory stuff and then also just asking about it and didn't know it was coming. I, I was, I didn't make it a secret, but I started trickling out Urban Slicer stuff on my Pitmaster Matt page a while back, but I didn't say who it was or who was behind it. Um, lots of my very close friends that I hadn't had a chance to share details with were sending me messages. Why are you sharing that? You should have an idea like that. Oh yeah. And, uh, I just said, yeah, you're right. I should. Oh, I should have come <laughs> up with that. Shoot. Well, maybe just wait on it a little bit. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was a cool experience going down to that class. And I think the last one before the pandemic hit, mm, mm-hmm. um, I hope he gets to resume it soon, but I don't believe there's been one since that late February timeframe. What was the most important thing you learned there? Uh, boy, that's a good question. Um, the most important thing that I brought away from that is the network of people that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Learning-wise, there were some... Um, steps in gluten-free dough making that I had no idea how to do. And I do want to put a gluten-free product on the market. So that, in hindsight, and now that you asked that question, that's probably, and that's something that I've been testing the last few days, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the most valuable thing I learned there was how to do that properly and make a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I'm really interested in you know, we kind of talked about you've got recipes on the website for, you know, different things like a cheese bread or, you know, dessert pizzas and stuff. Just have you seen like, okay, I'm going to use an example from a a previous podcast that I had recently. I had um, Bob Haney of Heavenly Waffles in here and he makes this waffle mix. And obviously it can be used for waffles and pancakes, but he's seen people using it in like creative ways they're using it for breading for fried foods or they're making like waffle cones and you know all kinds of crazy stuff out of it have you experimented with using the dough outside of just pizza or have you had people like send you pictures or anything saying like look at this you know this bread or this really cool thing that i made out of it that's not pizza i haven't gotten any pictures from users yet But I have used mine, um, specifically the Detroit one, as a focaccia. Mm, It makes mm -hmm. a really good focaccia. The grilling dough, and I've shared this on social media, I've used is just like a dipping bread. So you grill both sides, and then you can cut it however you want and dip. Um, The coolest thing with that outdoor grilling dough, if you actually separate it, it's made for two pizzas, but if you separate it into six, Mm -hmm. 
you can create little mini like pizza tortillas. And I've made pizza tacos out of it where I actually put them on a, in a taco rack and then cook the shells that way and then fill them with sausage pepperoni, mozzarella cheese, oh and some gosh. red sauce. So it's like a legit pizza taco. And so I, I'll have a video out on that um, over the next several weeks. I'm working on it now. That's fantastic. That's yeah, a pretty cool little twist on, you know, grilling pizza and tacos are, you know, obviously popular too. Mm-hmm. Blend the two together. All right. So people, if you're using Urban Slicer Pizza Dough and you're using it for creative purposes, send Matt some pictures. I would Give love some to see yeah. that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So Urban Slicer has clearly come a long way in a short period of time. Like you mentioned, you did not expect the success. What's next? I mean, like, you know, is, is it just, you know, keep developing products, keep putting out recipes, or is there, you know, I'm sure... I don't think this is something on your radar, but people are probably wondering, is there a restaurant in the future or anything like that? Just kind of what do you see as the future of Urban Slicer? Uh, Restaurant isn't on the short or medium term. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll never say never for anything. It's it's not very likely. So Mm -hmm. the restaurant thing is is probably not in our model. Uh, Definitely more products. There's a, a our first sauce is coming soon. It's a red sauce and I'm really excited about it. It should be ready sometime in August. I have an all-purpose pizza seasoning that I haven't named yet. I've got some some names that I have written down, but it is essentially like a garlicky, buttery, Parmesan, herby kind of thing that goes on top of, you know, you can make a cheese bread with it. It's actually what I make my crack bread with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been putting it on every pizza, and I've been trying it on vegetables and some other things like that. So excited about that one. And, you know, growing our, our store uh, reach is, is something that I want to do. Right now, we're in a lot of boutique barbecue kind of stores. We're in 26 stores uh, in, across 14 different states. Uh, and we have a, we're in a store in Australia right now. So <laughs> I awesome. really, that's my focus is to get into all, as many stores as I can, save people shipping, push them there. And, uh, you know, eventually get into some of the bigger chains when we're ready for it. I just want to take that step when we're ready for it and not get too far ahead of ourselves. So I think, you know, expanding our distribution of the product, uh, you know, there might be some frozen pizza stuff down the line. Mm -hmm. Things like that are all options. Uh, Talked about pizza flavored snacks, uh, a few different things there. So, yeah. I think growing our product line and, and brand in that way is is probably the direction we're going to go. Just another reason to follow the Urban Slicer accounts, stay <laughs> up to date on all that stuff. And if people do want to get their hands on the Urban Slicer dough, especially here in Omaha, because I think that's where the majority of my listeners are. Maybe I have some that would frequent that store in Australia, wherever it is, but right. I doubt it. So in Omaha, where can they get their hands on it? In Omaha, we're at Helping You Barbecue on 156th and Dodge. We're at Tailgating Envy. In Gretna, um, we're at Rakes Beef in Ashland, and Chili Dogs Foods of Fire in Blair, and then just got added to Smoking Guns in Lincoln, if you're in the Lincoln area, mm-hmm. and uh, Robidoux is going to get it on Friday. And the website is just urbanslicer.com, correct? Urbanslicerpizza.com. Urbanslicerpizza.com. Yep. You can order all the different doughs, the varieties there. Maybe you'll see that sauce and the seasoning on there soon. Very soon. Like Matt said, you can find recipes. You can find videos. It's super easy to figure out. Like, if I can figure it out, you definitely can. So, And, and I think... <laughs> oh, Dan's a pretty good pizza cook. He, he sells himself a little short. He made an awesome pizza. 
I, I had a very good teacher, but I, but I, <laughs> but I do think as, as we kind of wind down and get out of here, that's the last thing that I really want to stress to people is that this is so simple. It is so delicious, but it does not require a lot of time. It does not require a lot of energy. It's literally, you take this mix, you mix it with water, you, you know, have to knead it a little bit with your hands, you stretch it out a little bit, use a lot of flour, put your toppings on, cook it. I mean, once you get the process down and understand what you're doing, maybe takes 20 minutes. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, for, for you, you can probably fire one up and obviously you're a little bit more experienced, but like, even, you know, when you helped me make that one, it probably took, yeah, like 15, 20 minutes start to finish. And, and it turned out amazing and I have no idea what I'm doing. So I just want to encourage people that, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to go to pizza school to make good pizza. You have to go to pizza school to develop an amazing pizza product, <laughs> but that's why you went. So you can help the rest of us Absolutely. who aren't as talented. So yep. Matt, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. This was a real pleasure as always. I always like talking pizza. Oh, thank you very much for having me. My pleasure. All right. And Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Parkville Media Production.